0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo SmartBase from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at tempur
1: You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready because it's time to bear down. (laughs) Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I hope that you're having yourself a rock solid week as we're reaching the midpoint of the final month of 2020. And it's time for our weekly game preview episode. And after this one, there's only three more of these episodes left for the season. Obviously, time really does fly by. Join with me today, you guessed it, it's my co host, Nicholas Moriano. Nick. How's it going? You juiced uh, for this game preview, Bears, Texans, Trubisky, Watson,
2: and everything else in between? You know, uh, probably in the beginning of the season, this was a game that I circled, but it doesn't have as much juice uh, as it does now, being that the Bears and Texans really are not relevant in terms of their record and how they've been playing football as of late. But, hey, we will talk about it, and maybe by the end of it, I'll feel a little bit more... Optimistic, I'll say about this game, but we'll see. All right. Yeah. Uh, the verdict is still out.
1: I'm intrigued uh, by how you phrase that as we kind of go through our show. I know I'm very excited about uh, everything that you and I have in store to discuss, to debate, to break down, and of course, to preview for this upcoming game. And as we kind of just jump right into things here, Nick, what's going to be your just uh, initial perception of the Texans to kind of help us set the framework for this week's episode?
2: Yeah, I think I look at the Texans and I kind of see the Chicago Bears in a sense where they're both organizations that need a lot of reworking in terms of a lot of things that are going on with the team. And, you know, obviously the Texans this year getting rid of Bill O'Brien to kind of go go take the right steps to to make the proper changes to hopefully turn their franchise around. Because when you have a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, you would expect them to be competing and be competitive for the division but that's not the case this year. And then you obviously see the bears very similar, but yeah, they are a team that goes through Deshaun Watson and you got to, you look at the defense, it's really not there. And yes, if he has weapons, he can capitalize them, but it's just a team where I see that the team itself did not give him enough to be successful. And that's unfortunate because he's one of the better quarterbacks in this league. And that's what I kind of think of when I think of the Houston Texans.
1: Yeah. Like, watson's having a really good year like statistically like he is one of the better quarterbacks right now in the nfl and that's uh without his top receiver that he's had his entire career that was traded and he's still finding ways to uh make a living and he doesn't have an offensive line we'll talk about that too he's been under a lot of pressure this season but yeah elsewhere on the team though things get kind of bleak uh real quick for the texans but what does Intrigue me about them though is their kind of change after they did adjust their head coach situation they're four and four since they moved over to romeo cornell uh, they've won three of their last five and i do believe that this team they're playing inspired football they do want to play better than the record indicates and i do believe with that they will be a team that will test our bears but nick we know that our chicago bears they're tested each and every week so it doesn't really matter who the <laughs> opponent is there's going to be a test in some regard or uh, another, But other than Destron Watson, there are question marks for them, um, but luckily they do have a, a really good quarterback that can help uh, move the team or move the throttle a little bit higher because he can get more of the surrounding cast uh, around him to kind of help them reach maybe their max potential. All right, so as we kind of continue on here through our preview show, let's go ahead and just get into our normal three talking points on each side of the ball, our three-and-out segment. And let's begin with, we'll just do the Bears' offense. And the last week against the Lions, something that we thought the Bears could end up doing well in offense was running the football, and we were starting to feel somewhat confident in that reshuffled offensive line Uh, the bears had success rushing uh, the first time against detroit and the bears ended up finding that success in the first half over 100 yards and three scores on the ground and they earned themselves a 23 to 13 lead at the half but the bears and despite the lead ended up kind of abandoning their run they only ran the ball for nine times in the second half most of those carries came on. The only scoring drive that the Bears did have in that second half, but outside of that, it was hard for the Bears to find that same, I'll call it magic, or at least stick to the run like they did uh, in the first 30 minutes of the game. So Nick, when you look back at last week's game against the Lions, what happened to the rushing attack in the second half?
2: Yeah, I think it's really whatever was talked about at halftime between Matt Nagy and Bill Lazer, they just felt that throwing the football would give the Bears a better chance of winning this game, despite having a 23-13 lead at halftime, like you mentioned, Will. But there are also some untimely penalties. that Look, no penalties mm-hmm. can come at a good time, but there were some that happened on those drives in the second half where the Bears probably thought to themselves, hey, because we had a holding penalty, a false start, it's not going to do us good to maybe get three possible yards on, on a running down with David Montgomery Cordell Patterson, so let's opt to throw it. And that happened on a couple of the drives, but you mentioned it the only scoring drive in the second half the Bears did run it five times and even in those five rushing attempts it's not like they were gaining big chunk yardage every single time but what that allowed the the offense to do was just to at least keep the defense honest and then you see that that great scheme play by the Bears and that touchdown to Cole Komet they go hurry up It's, it's a play action pass that really moved the linebackers and Cole Komet's wide open but they at least committed to the run and Throughout the second half, I just didn't quite understand why Nagy, even though he didn't call the plays, and Bill Lazor just really went away from it. When Montgomery has... When when the total have 18 rushes for 103 yards and three touchdowns in the first half, and you have nine in the second half, it's unacceptable. But that's who Matt Nagy is. We've seen it before. We saw it all the way back to his final game with the Chiefs. He got away from the run in that playoff game. He got away from the run again. I know he didn't call the plays, but the same problem is occurring.
1: Yeah, you mentioned a couple key points that I did want to make sure that people understand is that we do understand there were some untimely penalties uh, that did put the Bears behind the sticks, which does make it more difficult to run. And then when you are looking at the game in hindsight, there were some negative yards that did come on some first-down runs that also, I would say, kind of forced the Bears to go through the air more. But still, you would hope that they would find a way uh, to overcome those situations, because if they do, instead of going three and out like they did, or going out in the second set of downs, then I do think the rushing total in numbers would have been more on par between the first half and the second half. But the unfortunate part and probably the bigger issue at hand here is the bears continued lack of ability to overcome mistakes, overcome getting behind the sticks. And if without it, I don't, I think it's understandable that they did. Technically, you have to adjust and put the game more in Mitch's hands in that second half. But still, I think for me, it's the the inability to overcome mistakes that maybe uh, could loom larger here. And looking at this week specifically, the Texans allow the second highest yards per game on the ground and per rush. 151 on the ground per game and about five yards per carry. They've allowed three teams to rush for over 230 yards in a single game. So three times this year, they've allowed more than 230 on the ground. And I do think they played a little bit better over their last stretch, but I have to imagine the Bears, I'll put in quotes here, should uh, be able to find success running the ball uh, for another straight
2: week, right? Yeah, I would think so because when you look at this revamped offensive line with Sam Mustaford, Cody Whitehair, and Alex Bars in the interior, I like what they're doing in terms of just getting to their blocks and even getting to that second level at times when they're asked to do so. And Dave Montgomery and Cordell Patterson, I think are making the right cuts right now whenever they do have a lane. And even if it's not there, the vision is really showing between these guys. And so you just mentioned all the stats that the Texans have had this season and their inability to stop the run. This should be a game. Will and again, we say should, the bears should be able to capitalize on whatever the, the weakness of the other team is, but they, they obviously should be able to capitalize here and get some good yardage on the ground. And hopefully if they do have a lead or even if they don't, still commit to the run. Good things can happen even if they're not gaining good chunk yards every single time. You set up that play-action pass, and that's where Mitch has shown some success and some some accuracy when he's throwing deeper downfield. So I think, if anything, if it's not going your way, you still got to have you know some commitment to the run. But we'll just have to wait and see. This always is the, the talking point that we have. They should be able to do this. It ends up not happening most times, right? At one, at some point,
1: it has to become. They shouldn't, but I do think in this case, a should, <laughs> is uh, appropriate. Uh, another trend that we're, <clears throat> excuse me, that we're starting to see is a, a change in how the Bears are using their tight ends. Uh, we saw against Green Bay that Cole Kmet, really starting to carve into Jimmy Graham's snap count. Uh, that continued against the Lions. Kmet saw 78% of the offensive snaps compared to Graham, who's was only on the field for about 49%. Komet, He also set some season highs in targets with seven, catches with five, and his second touchdown of the season as well. Nick, I don't think this is really going to change. And Komet's now the the man at the position. And on top of that, too, if I can pull this up real quick on my phone, Komet has also run more routes than uh, Jimmy Graham lately. He had 33 routes run in back-to-back efforts. Graham, he has not ran 30 routes since week nine. So obviously there's a big change kind of evolving here and on top of that they've luckily phased out Demetrius Harris out of the offense he used to see around 40 percent of the snaps and he's now lucky to be in the field for about 10 percent on offense and I for one I'm a big fan of using more and more Cole Komet he needs this experience it's only going to allow him to continue to get accustomed to the NFL and develop and I can probably think of a few more Bears players on this team that can benefit from a mindset like that but, Nick, what about you? What are you seeing out of the tight end, the utilization,
2: and what do you like about it, and what do you expect this week? Yeah, so I like the trend that the Bears are going with, having Cole Komet run more routes and Jimmy Graham, you know, going in the opposite direction there. But after re-watching the film, I did not expect to see this, Will, but Jimmy Graham actually had some pretty decent blocks. I know, that that, that wasn't a typo, That I didn't say that wrong. that's he was actually putting some good blocks when you look at the touchdown run to Cordell Patterson Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham put in some some decent blocks on there I think Cole Komet should have been called for a hold but (laughs) it it wasn't called but Jimmy Graham was in a good position on one of those and there was another run for David Montgomery where I'm like hey there's Jimmy Graham getting in the way of somebody and actually going to second level too um but that's the thing with this season look the Bears are never going to say that they're you know giving up on a season, but it's really trending in that direction why not use this time to develop your your first pick in in last year's draft or this year's draft that's the best way to gain value out of these games to see where his workload is what he understands what he still needs to work on for next season that's going to benefit the bears in the most part yes jimmy graham has a what it's not a favorable contract right that two years 16 million you still want to see him out there for sure and we all know he's a red zone threat but I like seeing Cole Komet just do just working different things with him like the play that he, that he scored on that's something that Cole Komet easily can do no doubt you know Jimmy Graham can even do that one but seeing him go a little bit more vertical down the field and seeing his receiving ability because I think that's why the Bears really drafted this guy because there's upside to that part of his game keep expo- keep using it, keep taking advantage of it and keep, you know, giving him some routes and hopefully the quarterbacks can give him the ball. Yeah, for sure. No doubt about it.
1: And I think this is a game where Komet can continue this growth, this evolution uh, that we're starting to see out of him. And I would not be surprised if he does find himself with a, another, I would say solid stat line uh, when it's all said and done, just looking at what the, the Texans have given up the Titans this year, not a lot of touchdowns, but a decent amount of production that, uh, if the Bears do scheme and do game plan for Komet, uh, he should find himself with a, a decent day um, as a receiver. And as blockers with both these side ends, you, you mentioned it. They did have some key blocks. And the one from Graham uh, was one of those plays on that touchdown that we finished our postgame show, and I was like, you know, we probably should have given him some credit for that play. Like I saw it in my notes after, but we were just so disgruntled of how things ended at the very end. You kind of forget about some of those really good, individual efforts for good plays early on in the game. So I'm glad that you brought that up uh, because, uh, for Graham, who gets a lot of gripe about his lack of ability to block, uh, that was a very good seal to allow, uh, that touchdown along the right side of, uh, for that touchdown there. But looking here at my notes, uh, let's kind of wrap up the offense. And Nick, I know we kind of talked about this talking point before the show. Uh, and we can kind of take a, a glance at the super small, you know, the minor storyline of Trubisky versus Watson, uh, we can talk about trubisky here for offense and then when we transition to the bears defense then we can move over to watson i think that'd be a good way to kind of bring this thing together so beginning with trubisky uh let's go ahead and just know that everything that happens on sunday we all know it's going to be heavily scrutinized it's going to be over analyzed every throw uh, every decision it's going to be
0: a- finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds
1: Game that's just going to have continued comparisons between both of these quarterbacks, and it's going to be on full display. Uh, I know Mitch earlier this week, you know, he's got he gets this question uh, almost feels like once per year about him versus the rest of that that draft class that he was a part of, and he gave all but nothing but praise to Watson. Make sure that you know it's out there that he deserves all of his success, and that Mitch himself uh, he knows that he has a lot to kind of continue to do, and he's just focused on writing his own story. Here in Chicago, one day uh, at a time. And that's Mitch. Mitch always knows how to say the right things. And when you're looking at this game specifically, Houston does rank 21st against the pass. They've allowed 285 or more yards to of the past five quarterbacks that they faced. Uh, since their bye week, though, they've only allowed one quarterback, which was last week in Phillip Rivers, to throw for multiple scores. But they did allow that five times before the bye, which, again, I think is just another point of the evolution or the growth of this houston texans team so nick for you what are uh some things that you're looking f- at mitch for this week and what do you expect out of him against this defense
2: yeah i think where maybe trubisky can possibly have some success against this houston texans defense that i think is is lacking some playmakers, to be completely honest. But I think the big thing is the corners that the Houston Texans have, I think Mitch can take advantage with his guys on the outside, whether it is Allen Robinson or Darnell Mooney. And we saw Javon Williams actually make in appearance last week, getting a third down reception um, in last last Sunday's game against the Lions. So I think you can use those outside guys to go against a Vernon Hargreaves or I, I believe the other corner named Grimes. Um, those are guys that, when I was watching the Colts game last week, they were trailing. They, were, they weren't really attached to their receivers. I know T.Y. Hilton always dominates the Houston Texans, but I saw some things that, I think Allen Robinson could do well. There was a pick route that happened. It was a trips to the left side, Will, and then T.Y. Hilton was on the right side, matched up uh, against Grimes, the the corner there for the Houston Texans. Philip Gaines, sorry, Philip Gaines is the corner. Um, And what happened is it was our good old friend Trey Burden kind of putting the pick in the middle of the field where Philip Gaines has to run over, but T.Y. Hilton just uses his speed to outrun Philip Gaines. It's an easy uh, gimme touchdown to where I'm like alright, if the Bears have seen that game film, why can't we have a similar play in the Bears offense where it's an easy throw for Trubisky, get a guy like, with some speed and Darnell Mooney runs just a little crossing route right over the middle of the field, easy touchdowns and I, like I said, I think that they, they lack playmakers they will bring the blitz and what the Indianapolis Colts did so well is they they just called the perfect play when they brought the blitz, they through to where the blitz was coming from. And we actually saw Mitch Trubisky do that a couple of times against Detroit. So, you hope that you can take a little bit from what the Bears did against Detroit. Look at what Indianapolis did against Houston. Just put a, a good game plan together where Mitch is having efficient, easy throws and is able to get some good chunk yardage and give his playmakers opportunity to get yards after the catch. So, I think if we could see that, we can see a pretty decent day from Mitchell Trubisky, but Again, it all falls to execution, whether when the Bears are actually calling these plays, when the Houston Texans do blitz. They like to blitz their DBs. So it's just Mitch being able to identify and then the game plan in the week for Bill Lazor and Matt Nagy to know what are the the Houston Texans' tendencies and then exploiting them. But it's one thing. You could say it all right here, Will, and, and then it comes down to the execution on Sunday. So we'll, again, have to wait and see. I'm sorry. I can't add really anything more than what you mentioned you did a really good job of breaking it down
1: um, from looking at last week looking uh, at both teams and kind of extrapolating what we can potentially see and uh, like you I do believe there's going to be some opportunities here Uh, Mitch has done a decent job in terms of uh, at least putting the ball and moving it downfield through the air since he's made his return I think he's averaging around 250 ish yards per game through the year uh, which again it's not always about the yards it's about uh, what you do with those yards and how many points that they can accumulate um, but yeah I do think there are battles to be won and some uh, some room for potential opportunity for this Bears passing offense just like it's running game uh, to find some success and again it's more of an indictment of the Texans defense than really it is a praise for the for the Bears offense But let's go ahead and turn the table here and just uh, switch up this perspective and we can move into our Bears defensive discussion and look at the other quarterback here, and that's going to be Watson. Uh, He has topped 300 passing yards in three straight games, six of his last nine. He's only thrown one pick since week five. He'll be without, of course, his best wideout this year and threaten Will Fuller. Uh, He's suspended, and uh, despite that, though, last week, uh, Watson did find success moving the ball against Indy, uh, which is a good defense in and of itself. Uh, he had two wideouts that eclipsed 100 yards and that being Cootie uh, and Hansen, uh, Watson, he's under pressure all day, which is something the Bears can't really seem to, to find right now. And on top of that, Watson's actually been under pressure really all season. Uh, he's been sacked the third highest amount with 33 sacks this year. Uh, again, not only are you losing Will Fuller, he also lost his best wide receiver in a trade this offseason. Doesn't have a lot of good protection. Yet, despite all of that, he has the third highest pass rating in the in the entire NFL at 110. Additionally, this dude, he just pushes the ball downfield. He's first in the NFL in yards per attempt at 8.8. And when you're looking at the Bears, this is a defense that they've allowed two plus Passing touchdowns in every game since week seven. That are coming off a season worst 400 or so passing yards allowed last week against the Lions. So Nick, simple question, complicated answer time. Can the Bears stop Deshaun Watson?
2: Absolutely not. Will Uh, I'm just seeing what Deshaun Watson's able to do without, like again, his top receivers go down. one gets traded, one goes down or on whatever, suspended. And he's able to what I what I love watching about Deshaun Watson, I think is that pocket presence in terms of when the pocket is collapsing, he has this escapability factor to him. And he's not just looking to run the ball. That's just not Deshaun Watson. He can do it for sure. But he's still looking downfield and there was this play against the Indianapolis Colts where the edges just crash. But somehow, and I wrote in my notes, Deshaun Watson just squeezes through, and he's running to the left, and it looks like he's going to throw to his left to somebody, but he then contorts his body, finds someone in the middle of the field, first down. And he just had, there was a drive where Deshaun Watson kept making plays like this. Of course, the Texans end up scoring a touchdown at the end to to you know wrap things up there on this drive, but he just makes so many plays and puts so much stress on a defense that, even if you have him you better wrap up because he finds a way to just escape and we know these in this six game losing streak the Bears pass rush has been non-existent so a non-existent pass rush with Deshaun Watson who could make it happen regardless of the weapons he has around him and the Bears have given up yards and touchdowns to everybody they played lately it just is a recipe for disaster for this Bears defense and you know i i know he doesn't make much of it Deshaun watson with the bears passing up on him but come on this is the first time he's played the bears you know he wants to light them up i don't maybe it's not too personal to him maybe it really isn't but i just have a feeling he's going to come to soldier field it, like we we saw patrick mahomes will in person he did what the he started counting right where he was picked and um you know again that was in relation to what what the bear what happened with the bears but Sean Watts is going to be doing the same thing. He knows who was picked first, and it's going to be fun to watch.
1: You know, he's someone, as you watch his growth throughout his career, just uh, his ability now to make better decisions, uh, it's tremendous to see where he was during his rookie year, Watson, compared to where he is now. He's making smart decisions with the football, and he has tremendous accuracy. Uh, Even if there is tight blanket coverage, he knows where to put that football where only his guy can get it. And, again, this is what good quarterbacks do. Usually those guys end up coming down with the catch. Uh, So for Watson, like you, Nick, I do think he's going to pose a threat to the bears. Just looking at what they've allowed from Stafford to Aaron Rodgers, And, you know, right now, when you're looking at Deshaun Watson, he's playing more like Aaron Rodgers statistically, much more so than uh, Matthew Stafford. And so this has reached straight weeks where I think we're going to be tested. Our secondary is going to be tested primarily due to the lack of a pass rush. And, That's what's sad, and we'll talk about the pass rush here. It's actually our second point, Um, but the fact is that, you know, Watson, he's been sacked the third most in the NFL, yet I have little to no faith in the Bears' pass rush to actually have that be a continued trend for the Texans this week is uh, considering the money spent and the supposed talent up front. uh, it's, It's very disconcerting to say the least, and you mentioned it too, Watson, his ability to evade that pressure, even if they found some, Uh, It's almost second to none, Uh, and it's not always looking for those yards down the field, Um, but he does a good job of using his legs. He's fifth in the NFL in terms of all rushes for quarterbacks, seventh in total yards. And I just look back in the season, and not even going back through my notes, but just off the top of my head memory, like a a Teddy Bridgewater, a Taysom Hill, who had some really key big runs uh, against this defense, which... Just thinking about Watson, even if you play you know, zone and you're backing up or you're in man coverage, uh, either way, uh, he's going to pose a threat. Either he's going to not have that much pressure and he's going to find a way to pick apart your zone. Or if you go into man and he, he doesn't get much of a rush and there's just a little bit of a lane that opens up, you'll sneak right through it uh, and do some damage on the ground. So you're damned if you do. You're probably damned if you do. And uh, we'll see how the Bears can uh, potentially counter it this week. Uh, But as we kind of move forward, and we hit on this a little bit last week, um, but unfortunately, Nick, uh, Robert Quinn's mug, uh, as well as most of this Bears defense, it's still on the milk carton uh, that I told you that my kids saw at lunch uh, a week ago. He's been an absolute, you know, useless and a complete waste of money. Robert Quinn has the Bears pass rush last week. Like it has lately really struggled. Big reason why Detroit was able to move the ball just so easily. And Nick, I'm curious, is it, Time to start taking snaps away from Robert Quinn. He was on the field last week for a season-high 79% of the plays. Earlier in the season, he was averaging about uh, about 45% of the plays or so. And for a guy who had an 11.5 sacks last year and 22 quarterback hits uh, to only have one sack and three QB hits so far this season, I mean, it really makes you sick to your stomach. And obviously... You need to start looking at some other options and maybe cutting into his time and going back to what we saw early on this year, which was more of a rotation, whether it be Gibson or Mingo or Vauders or I'm at the point where maybe you call up Little Mac. I don't care. You got to find something. <laughs> and it's just, you got to find something from someone. And we all know it's not going to be uh, Robert Quinn. So I don't know if it's this is a, a this week specific topic or just a bigger one for the Bears in general, but... Lack of the past rush. Robert Quinn, is there anything that they have in their own power to maybe help, uh, especially this week with uh, Deshaun Watson and this Texans front that has been prone to giving up pressure
2: all season? Yeah, so I think if the Bears are going to you know, try to find some success with rushing – Deshaun Watson's gonna probably have to come on some stunts. The Bears ran some, and that's where they had success at actually trying to apply some pressure to Matthew Stafford. And even last week with the Colts and Texans game, Deshaun Watson's backed up in his own end zone and gets a safety. What happens there is that the right tackle and right guard, there's a stunt that runs right in front of him. The right guard completely forgets who he needs to block, and the the Colts are able to get the safety on Deshaun Watson. Well, it looks like that may be the only way right now that the Bears are going to have success, even though even Laramie Tunsil, the the Texans' left tackle, he gave up some pressure last week in, in the loss to the Colts and even the week before that against Detroit to Everson Griffin. So there are matchups, but, Will, I, I have no faith in really – I mean, Robert Quinn, absolutely not. There, <laughs> there's no faith in him whatsoever. But, you know, even if Cleo Mack gets his one-on-ones, he – he hasn't been winning those and it's very rare that he really gets those to be completely honest but it needs to come on some stunts they need to do some creativity uh in that front seven to possibly get some some pressure but if the bears straight up just want to rush their four like they did matthew Stafford went for 404 against them and three touchdown passes and looked comfortable he looked comfy at soldier field will I, I think Deshaun Watson will have a very similar feeling if that's the Bears' game plan. And they need to do something different that they haven't been doing these past, what, six-game losing streak, honestly, because it hasn't been working. So if you put some more stunts in there, maybe that can work to get some pressure.
1: Yeah, I and mean, that's a big maybe. And when you do run those stunts, you do risk getting guys a little bit more out of position when it comes to run fit. So they do counter with a run, which Houston, they're not good at rushing the football, spoiler, but it could lead to maybe some more success on the ground if you have to do, do become more lenient on having to run some of those things up front. But yeah, like you, Nick, it, it's hard to get a lot of positivity or a lot of just you know confidence behind this pass rush again, which is sad because looking at the opponent and looking at you know the fact that you have Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, there should be no we should be looking our chops in a week like this, and uh, we're at a point where we can't really even do that, uh, which again uh, very very sad uh, and disappointing to be in a situation uh, just like that and we've talk- and this is not the only thing that's trended in the wrong direction, the whole season really has as we know, uh, on top of that so has the Bears red zone defense uh, this is a unit that was playing top notch earlier in the year we were praising them week in, week
0: out finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds
1: teams to only settle for field goals which kept the bears in every single game and it wasn't very long ago that the bears were the cream of the crap they were the first red zone defense just at their bye week now they've fallen all the way down from number one down to 24th in the nfl they've allowed 83 percent of red zone trips that's 10 out of 12 uh, ending up in touchdowns over their last four games so nick I want to know, uh, WTF happened to the red zone defense, and how did the NFC North, you're looking at the Vikings, the Packers, and the Lions,
2: break it? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question, Will. If I knew the answer, I'd be be paid millions because I wouldn't <laughs> have had it happen. But the thing is, I think there it's been a combination of a lot of different things. Will, um, we I think we've seen a little bit of some coverage busts happen in, in these three games where. One guy is supposed to pass off a receiver to the, the next. Let's say it's a corner passing off a receiver to the safety. The safety doesn't know about it. It's a wide-open touchdown. I felt like we've seen that happen with Jalen Johnson and uh, Tashawn Gibson at times. Um, look, the, the Bears have given up some rushing touchdowns as well. You go to the Green Bay game, Eddie Jackson just whiffs on, who is was it, Jamal Williams right in the middle of the field, just misses on the tackle. There's a, there's a red zone touchdown and I think you just add up all of these different mistakes, you get to this, this red zone scoring percentage, and they're not they're far, far away from the team they were at the bye week in terms of being number one, because they were limiting those mistakes. Now everything becomes more apparent when the pass rush isn't there. You're, you're on the field a little bit longer, even though the Bears defense has been on the field for the entire season, it feels like, given how this offense is played, but you put all of these problems together and they're all highlighted in this losing streak because it's just happening more frequently and I don't know how you can solve this unless look Matt Nagy called them out have some pride in what you're doing since he's made those comments this defense is still continued to just be lit up by opposing offenses and Deshaun Watson's no easy person to keep out of the end zone he'll find a way whether rushing whatever's passing, whatever whatever way. He's a quarterback that will make it happen. So, yeah, it's not looking good in terms of this week trying to reverse this trend that the Bears are in because they are in a funk, and Deshaun Watson's coming to Soldier Field. It's going to continue. I do
1: believe uh, an additional factor in here that I didn't hear you mention, but I think it's worth uh, just bringing up real quick, is uh, the Bears' inability over the same stretch almost to not stop the run, uh, whether it be inside of the red zone or or throughout the entire drive. So then you do have to worry about the run a little bit more. We've seen, I mean, we saw Adrian Peterson last week, right? Two rushing touchdowns in the red zone. Uh, This is a Bears defense that, you know, a year ago, two years ago, super stingy uh, against a run, even if they were like inside the five and teams somehow had a penalty and they had to run that ball like six times in a row from inside the five. They weren't allowing scores, but that's not really the case right now. So I think the lack of... Uh, ability to stop the run uh, which is forcing them to maybe sell out on it a little bit more focus on it as well so they can't be as uh, micro focus on their coverage because they knew teams were going to try to pass because they can't run against that defensive front has uh, also kind of opened up the floodgates uh, just a, a little bit again everything is correlated to one another and when you can't stop the run uh, in particular, in the red zone, it's going to make life difficult for your DBs, your safeties, and everyone else. Uh, and I think that just shows the importance of having a defense that can shut down the run and how it can make life easier for uh, that surrounding cast. And, real quickly, Nick, before we move on to special teams, I did see a comment that I did want to respond to from Skeet Dog. Uh, I was just saying, you know, if we would watch the tape, we would see that Mac and Quinn are being held a lot, and the Bears aren't getting those calls. It, you know, there's a degree of that that I will agree to. There's, I can probably think of at least a play a game or at least a couple where I would wish there was a holding penalty, and I would not disagree with your, there, Ski Dog, but I don't think it's going to help you, the listener, or Nick or I, if we would sit down here and, you know, the Bears' pass rush would be better if they would just get more holding calls. I, it's just something that I don't think we would need to discuss on this podcast or anything like that, but uh, I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh should, again, I don't think it's going to do anyone much good uh, to sit here and uh, gripe about officiating here on, uh, on a Thursday night when we don't have any say in it. The Bears don't. And even if they're not getting the holding calls, I don't think that's what Chuck Pagano is doing in that in that, you know, defensive meeting room. Right. You know, guys, if we just got the holding calls, we would have had a good game. That's not how he's going about it. He's not making excuses. We can't either. And the Bears just have to find a way to get home and get some of that pressure that they should be getting them all season long. Really. Um, but Nick special team topic of the week uh, do you have anything other than the fact that
2: I guess we're going to be figuring out punt returner again yeah be, yeah we're going to be figuring out punt returner again and I'm blanking on uh the guy that was back there DeAndre, DeAndre, on the COVID Carter. List. DeAndre Carter um I wonder if he's the one that kind of caused everything to to happen at, at Soldier Field today but who knows? We we have no idea. But the only other thing that I want to mention about special teams, and you're not going to see it on Statue because it technically didn't count. But in that Indianapolis and Houston game last Sunday, the Colts actually had some pretty decent returns. They were just a a holding on each one of them. And again, I it didn't really show um, if that affected it in you know the full effect there. But I think that this Houston Texans team, there are going to be some opportunities. To have some returns because it's not one hold is going to really impact the thing if it's on the other side of the field I think the Bears with Cordell Patterson could have good field position if they you know the, the Texas actually decide to kick to him but actually just to kind of go back to the comment about the holding it's being it's not being called everywhere um every team's not getting again the holding calls called to, against them so it's not just Cleo Mack which I, I agree with you Will there is probably one to two plays each game you can say okay that's a hold on, but it's just not being called but that's being throughout the entire league so yeah i completely agree with your comments there that that's not going to be the reason why the bears pass rush isn't getting home we, we can't use that as an
1: excuse uh again if you're getting multiple sacks per game and then you
2: have those two you're like, well maybe
1: we have a few more and that's a a little bit of a different tune but i i can't be that guy to sit here and just gripe about it uh again there's no way that's what the bears leadership is doing and i've uh, I say that knowing there's probably a lot that they should be doing that they're not and that's another topic for a different day and uh, those shows will be coming up here uh, I have to I have to guess here very uh, very soon here in the Chicago Audible which I'm getting a little bit more uh, excited about to anticipate and uh, really kind of dig into that but we still have games to talk about here this season uh, I I don't know if we need to speculate who's gonna return punch this week then I would assume maybe they do try anthony miller yet again Uh, i don't know if they want to put him in harm's way that much but also when you just look at historically when things happen in game they would put number 17 back there um and to lose someone this late in the week i think because carter was just tested positive or whatever i think today is when they announced it at least i I don't think there's any way he comes back and i don't know how much you can really game plan around it and obviously they feel like there is more needed because they keep bringing in guys after Tariq cohen went down and (laughs) Uh, here we are yet again, another week and another, you know, who's going to return punts or there is at least a change. Uh, So that's something that is, uh, is interesting Uh, to have so much stability there uh, over the last couple of seasons to go through this fly I mean, it makes you really understand and appreciate what you had. Uh, Unfortunately, we don't, we can't get it back until 2021 with Cohen, but uh, it does make you appreciate what you did have at the position But that's a bit about it for special teams, right? I mean, we can hit on some other super small things, but I I don't think there's anything here worth uh, a big discussion.
2: The only thing is, will we see another missed extra point. We saw two of them last week at Soldier Field. And actually, the Houston Texans field goal kicker missed a 53-yarder Last week, indoors in Indianapolis, does field goal kicking or just extra points become a factor? Special Does special teams become a factor in that aspect on Sunday? We'll just have to wait and see. We'll wait and see, and we'll find out. Uh, going down here
1: through the list, we up next, we have our X-Factors. This week, we'll be uh, continuing along with our, eh, the Bears lost now six in a row. So let's just focus on those real X-Factors, and those are the, the fans, uh, the audience members that... Uh, help us out uh, via their generous donations that uh, earned themselves uh, a nice little shout out here Nick I didn't have anything come through on PayPal but I do believe there were a, a couple of things that came in through the Venmo side
2: yep absolutely there were two people that donated through Venmo so thank you and you guys will get your shout out starting with Garrett and Garrett thank you so much again for your donation well I have to ask you Have you ever had Garrett's Popcorn? Maybe this is a dumb question, but have you ever had Garrett's Popcorn before? Because when I saw Garrett's uh, donation, that's immediately the first thing I thought about. Okay, so apparently you don't remember as much
1: of the Kansas City night game that I do, at least. But when we were walking, (laughs) (laughs) it was a good night. But as we were walking to, I want to say to the restaurant after we got off the train, we passed it. And you, me, and Jordan talked about it and because uh, i was like what is this like and you guys what you never heard of Garrett, and I, I felt okay very alone and
2: isolated but yes the answer is still no oh man okay so next time we meet up whenever that is and hopefully soon that is something that i'll make sure we have the mix of it's caramel and cheese oh it, it's so good i had it for thanksgiving just snacking while watching watching the games but that's a good one so Garrett, you reminded me of Garrett's Popcorn, which reminded me to ask Will if he had it, which reminded me that we had this conversation already. Yes, so, again, we will have Garrett's Popcorn one day. And our next shout-out goes to, and everyone should know his name by now, Mason West from Team Rehabilitation in Barrington, Illinois. I have to tell you about his, his uh, physical therapy office, which emphasizes hands-on therapy while maximizing performance by increasing strength and muscle activation Whether your goal is to play pickup basketball or in the park or compete for a starting job on your college team, Team Rehab can help you reach your goals. They see everything post-surgical, nagging pain, injury prevention, performance enhancement, all things that I probably have going on right now. And from all ages, such as a 10-year-old gymnast to a 60-year-old runner, Mason West is a former collegiate wrestler and lacrosse player who combines his passion for sport and rehab into one package. Contact Mason at 224 512 7200 or find him on Instagram at dr. Or dr. Mason west underscore sports PT to begin your journey to be the best athlete you can be. And of course, if you want to get a shout out on the next preview podcast, here's how you can make that happen. You can send us a donation through either Venmo or PayPal. Our handle on Venmo is at the Chicago Audible. On PayPal, it's www dot chicago audible.com slash paypal one more time venmo at the chicago audible paypal dot com slash paypal awesome stuff thank you mason thank you garrett and nick garrett did give us a question though
1: as well that i think we need to address real quick because heck why not and obviously we do q and a we do mailbag episodes uh without a donation but since he brought it along with it why not and it's a more of a a bigger picture question and we do usually reserve these until either big changes happen to the organization or the season's over and we can start looking more big picture we do like to keep our focus on the game the game week to week while we can because it is something that's special we don't get many of these weeks per season and uh for Garrett though his question was about Cordero Patterson and whether or not he comes back next year he wanted to at least Make sure that you know we're aware that he is a free agent next season and just wondering if with a potential rebuild on the horizon if he's going to be worth the money for what he kind of brings to the table so i'd be really curious to your thoughts here nick because personally it's it was an inner conflict like it's a really good question because i can see both sides of this but i'm curious the where your mind is on this first
2: yeah, I just wonder in today's day and age how much team really put into value for having that all-purpose guy, but really, his I think Cordell Patterson really just impacts the game from a kick-return perspective, obviously. One of the best to ever do it in this game, but can you possibly get a, a young guy to do it? Just say, you know, maybe an undrafted guy or even a a Darnell Mooney to somehow take over at some point in time. He did it at Tulane, So I think money's obviously going to play a factor, but this is a guy that, you know, had some stability for his first couple years, was in Minnesota, then went to Oakland at the time, Uh, Oakland, then New England, and then obviously Chicago. So he has been on a few teams, and what we are projecting is this will be a rebuild. They're really going to see take into consideration, well, how much does Cordell Patterson – factor into what we want to do here. It's also going to depend is Matt and Aggie still here. Obviously they liked him for what he his versatility can do, but if there is a new coach, like are they going to give Cordell Patterson his, you know, however many touches on as a running back, as a receiver, the snaps there. And he is a fantastic gunner as well. So he there's a lot of um cases for him to to make the team and to earn the money that he would potentially get. But I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that 2020 will probably be Cordell Patterson's last year with the Chicago Bears. He'll go on somewhere else, but I'm just gut feeling this probably is last year.
1: He hasn't earned that second contract anywhere else, and that's where I kind of look at this a little bit too. And it's hard to really guess until you know who's in here, who the leadership is, whether it be a GM, head coach, combination of the two. But if he's asking for a raise, I think that's an easy no. But um, if he's looking for about the same salary, I think it's something that could be entertained. That would put him about 15th, 16th.
0: Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo SmartBase from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.
1: On the roster next year in terms of cap hit, if he stays about the same salary, which next year we're looking at, you know, Robert Quinn, like in the top three for the Bears, and there's a lot of really bad decisions and a lot of money being spent elsewhere uh, that really does hurt uh, Patterson's chances here, but... Uh, you look at Foles too; it's like gonna be like sixth or seventh too. Um, so it's it's one of those situations where I think they're gonna the Bears will be overspending on guys next year. I don't think if they bring Patterson back, they'll be overspending on him because he does bring a lot of value across the board. But will they have the capital, the cap space to do it, and also kind of want to retool the team on the back end like they want? I think that's the bigger question. But it's one of those. Let's wait till we get to the off season and we'll see what the Bears do from the top down and then we can really look into some of these players to see if we can project them to be back on this roster or not. But I really appreciate the question. I think it's a really good one to start uh, kind of kick-starting uh, you know, kick starting actually Nick and I's mind as we kind of look through uh, the state of the franchise, uh, which is one of my uh, favorite episodes each and every off-season uh, series of episodes and I have a hunch they're going to be busier uh, than they have been in uh, quite some time. But Nick, we need to move on. We need to talk about our pivotal matchups, our back-breaking matchups of the week. I have the offense, you have the defense, and so since I'm up first here, I'll just start because it's, it's too damn obvious. I, at least I think so. It has to be J.J. <laughs> Watt versus the Bears tackles. There's nothing else that is even warranting a backbreaker label right now. J.J. Uh, Watt, he leads the Texans with five sacks, threes coming from the left, two come from the right, second on the team with quarterback hits with 10. He's a top of the team with 11 tackles for a loss. He's a defensive end, but, yes, he is tied for the team high with the most pass breakups of seven. He also has two forced fumbles and one of the three interceptions that this Texans defense has. He's a guy that obviously can still make some pretty big plays. And speaking of big plays, we saw a Bears tackle, Jermaine DeFetti, last week allowed that quick pressure on Trubisky for that game-losing fumble. He allowed that to Aquara. Imagine what J.J. Watt can do. Uh, I don't need to rehash uh, how much Leno Jr. has struggled. We all know that. And if these two tackles struggle against Watt, he's going to, and if he can make a game-changing play, and he only needs one, uh, as we saw from a week ago, to turn a win into a Chicago Bears loss, that's enough to break the back that is this Bears offense. So for me, that's going to be my back-breaking matchup. It's again, it's a really obvious one this week. But looking around this defense, they have some other players that are worth watching out for, like a, a merciless or the linebacker Adams. Or but what JJ? He's the backbreaker. Uh, there's not a lot of doubt in my mind on that one. So Nick, for you, when you're looking at the Bears defense versus that Texans offense, what's going to be your uh, back-breaking matchup
2: here for Week 14? Yeah, just to add one more thing on J.J. Watt. Well, just watching the film from you know last week against Indianapolis and then Detroit, he's been playing some phenomenal football as of late. He had a pick six against Matthew Stafford on Thanksgiving. He is he's really good p- football player, and we all know that. But yeah, that's definitely the backbreaking matchup. For mine on defense, it's gonna go to Danny Trevathan, really versus, versus Duke Johnson. I think that's gonna be the back breaking matchup that Bears fans need to really watch out for now. Duke Johnson didn't really do much last week against the Indianapolis Colts. Again, a really good defense. and But he was targeted a lot of times for being a running back. Six receptions, six targets, only 24 yards. But go a week before that against Detroit, he had three receptions, four targets, 43 yards, and a touchdown. We saw last week Dan Trevathan, again, maybe taking step steps in the wrong direction. TJ Hawkinson's a handful to handle in coverage. But Danny Trevathan just looked a step slow. If the Texans get those matchups like they did against Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving where the linebackers are being isolated against these running backs out in space, you don't want Danny be being that guy trying to guard Duke Johnson. And if that's the case, I think the Bears are going to have a long, long day on defense. And just continue that trend that we've been seeing the last two weeks, not being able to get off the field giving up big chunk yardage plays, and just giving up, again, touchdowns in the red zone. So that's going to be the matchup I'm watching for. It's going to be Duke Johnson and Danny Trevathan. I think the Houston Texans know they, they have a favorable matchup there. They just got to exploit it. And with the, how this Bears defense has been playing, it is likely to happen. But, again, we'll have to wait and see. We'll, we'll wait and see. What I like about the Texans' offense as much
1: as you know, the, the whole team struggled this year, but they do – a good job of spreading that ball around, whether it's getting running backs involved as a passer, the tight ends, the receivers they do. uh, They don't really focus, or at least Watson does a good job of spreading the wealth uh, a little bit, which is uh, something that I did want to at least make sure to to point out here. Um, But Nick, it's time to find out who has the edge. So up first is you with the bears rushing attack versus that Texans run defense. So we talked about earlier in the show that the bears, they have a chance.
2: Uh, Are you going to put your money where your mouth was? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my money where my mouth was. I think the Bears should have a good day on the ground against this Houston Texans defense that has struggled to stop the run. And I think the Bears are just gonna look what happened in that second half against Detroit. Let's see if we can commit to the run a little bit longer. Um, you know, regardless, if they have a lead at halftime if they're down, the Bears should commit to the run. And I think I just like how the interior of this offensive line is blocking right now to where the bears can get some good chunk yardage from either a David Montgomery or a Cordell Patterson. So I'll have to go with the bears on this one. All right. We got one edge for the
1: bears, uh, sticking with their offense. I have the passing attack versus that Texans pass defense. All right. Let me try this one. Uh, Mitch, he's averaging about 255 yards per game through the air since his return. Uh, the Texans, as I mentioned, they've allowed over uh, 280 yards to four of their last five opponents. Texans don't do a really good job of generating takeaways through the air. Uh, their three picks are tied for the lowest in the NFL. They don't really wow me with their coverage. Like you said earlier, they're trailing more times than not. They've allowed six 100-yard receivers this year. I believe the Bears they can maybe pick them apart. I don't know if I want to use that terminology because that's a lot, that's a tall task for, the, for this Bears offense, but if the pass protection can hold up, and that's a big if, maybe there can be some opportunity to move the ball Easily-ish, kind of, through the air. But uh, I do believe that the Bears will uh, move the ball effectively uh, to have the edge. And I don't really foresee multiple big plays against the pass from this defense, uh, whether that be a, you know, a big game-altering sack, <laughs> although we're coming off one. Uh, so I feel odd saying that, or interception, uh, etc. So a little bit surprising. I'll also give the Bears offense an edge here. This week uh, is again, it doesn't feel good coming off my tongue, but uh, it's, it's where my mind uh, is putting me. So I'll, I'll go ahead and give them uh, an edge here. So we're 2 0 Chicago, switching over to the Bears defense. I'm up first yet again. Uh, Bears run defense versus that Texans running offense. And the Bears looking at them, they've allowed three rushing touchdowns over the last two games, two of which came last week. They've also surrendered 113 yards per game on the ground over their last three uh, on average. And the Texans enter the week as the NFL's worst rushing team in the league. Yes, worse than the Bears. The Bears did enough to move into 31st, which moved the Texans down to uh, 32nd. (laughs) Uh, I feel like uh, Akeem Hicks, another week potentially healthier with that hamstring, should also help uh, if the Bears play up to the potential and not really more down to their opponent in terms of their ability to rush the football. It should be uh, an easier game in terms of stopping the run. Uh, The Bears shouldn't really have much of a problem with this. And uh, if they do, it's going to be due to a lack of effort, lack of execution, uh, because I do believe they have the clear edge here talent-wise. And it's every week. Every every time I have the Bears running defense and I say the Bears running defense has the edge, they let me down. But I'm going to do it again, and let's see if the pattern holds up. So for now... Uh, the Bears running defense, they're going to have the edge. So, Nick, for you, Bears passing defense, Texans passing attack. Is there a chance the Bears have a sweep here? I don't think so, consider the words I wrote down from you earlier about stopping Deshaun Watson. I think it was almost a flat-out no
2: yeah no we're not gonna get a sweep here Will. watson is number two in the league behind patrick mahomes in terms of passing yards like you mentioned earlier number one in average yards per pass attempt with 8.8 number nine in passing touchdowns with 24 only has six interceptions and when was the last time a bears db had an interception uh, Bilal nichols had the last one then before that was khalil Mack against kirk cuz i can't even tell you the last time a bears db had an interception Deshaun Watson likes to push the ball downfield, and he will do that often, especially because the Bears have no pass rush. There's no way that I don't see Deshaun Watson having a fantastic day at Soldier Field come Sunday. It's going to happen. The Bears are not going to have any way of stopping it, and we're just going to all watch, and I I can't wait to be on Twitter. Well, that's going to be such a fun and also depressing I think both at the same time, just seeing like everybody overreact, but then also seeing like, man, that could have been the Bears quarterback. But yeah, Deshaun Watson is going to light up this Bears passing defense, and I'm definitely giving the edge to the Texans. All right. we got a 3-1 Bears edge
1: here this week. Uh, Moving into the final portion of our show here, we need to begin with our week 14 bold predictions. Nick, you going offense or defense?
2: And I guess I can throw special teams into the question. You could throw special teams into the question, but I'm going bold prediction, but I'm not going for the Bears here, Will. With With a six-game losing streak and at the, the state where we are, I'm going for a bold prediction for that man I was just talking about, Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to set a new career high in terms of rushing yards. His uh, in terms of rushing yards. So he had previous was seventy against Tennessee in their second matchup in twenty eighteen. I think he gets eighty on the ground against the Bears. We talked about it. If the Bears still if they want to finally go away from zone, which they ran too much of against Matthew Stafford, that leaves prime opportunities for Deshaun Watson to get some good rushing yards. So I think he'll have eighty. He'll go for three hundred thirty in the air and have four touchdowns like he did against Detroit on Thanksgiving. And he didn't throw any touchdowns last week against Indianapolis. Deshaun Watson is coming, people, and he's gonna light up the Bears. And I think it's this is what we need, though. We need to see the Bears just get embarrassed. For like I wrote in my article, what last earlier this week, we need to see change happen. Being embarrassed at home against Deshaun Watson that might do it, people. But bold prediction: over 80 yards rushing for Deshaun Watson, 330 yards passing, four touchdowns.
1: You know, you get uh, spanked by the Packers. You lose to the Lions. Deshaun Watson reminds uh, Ryan Pace of a, another poor decision. And then we lose to Mike Glennon later on this season. I mean, it's just all adding up, Nick. It's all uh, adding up for us. For me, I didn't go with the Texans, though. Uh, I went with the Bears' offense. Uh, for me, my bold predictions, I'm going to go to A-Rob. He'll have a 10-catch, 120-yard, two-touchdown type of day. Uh Bold in of itself. Uh, I don't think I need to say anything other than just the stats. We'll see uh, if it can come true. But again, Texans have allowed six receivers for 100 plus. Uh, if Mitch wants to move the ball through the air, I think Robinson would be a great target this week. Uh, those outside corners aren't uh, super up to snuff for Houston. Uh, so there could be some good potential for a, a big day from a receiver. And if I put my eggs in a basket, I put it in Allen Robinson. So that's going to be my bold prediction for the week who do you think the mvb uh, is going to be though nick when it's all said and done
2: i think for the bears it will be david montgomery talked about the the advantages he should see in terms of the bears rushing attack going against these texans run defense i think it is there and look the bears had some success in the last two weeks running the football in terms of just what they've you know been doing as of late so I think Dave Montgomery will be the MVP. I really like how he's running. Will just just w- more of what we've seen all this season, but now it's blocking. And you see what he's able to do just with that vision and just that will and want to gain extra yards and get into the end zone. So I think he will be the MVP after it's all said and done. That's who I had, too. Uh, I mean, you're just looking
1: at the trend. You're looking at the opponent. The Bears should want to stick to the ground. They should find success if they do. Uh, So he could be in store for uh, another multiple-score type of day. Uh, The Texans, they've allowed 16 rushing touchdowns this season. That's a lot. Uh, So if the Bears (laughs) revamped offensive line in week three, plays the best that they've had going up against this, uh, you know, one of the league-worst rushing defenses, it could be a good recipe for uh, another strong day from David Montgomery. I think our hope would be it's more of a, a four-quarter effort instead of all being th- shoved a- into one half here. But like you, I had David Montgomery here in my note. Uh, I saw here from uh, you know Brow in our our chat said Cairo Santos, uh, maybe for the end of the season MVB, uh, at least for scoring purposes. But uh, Nick, I don't know about you, but I do believe this is a game that if the Bears win, they have to score touchdowns in this game.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. When when the other quarterback is Sean Watson, you can't sell for field goals, and you know it's it would be nice to see Cairo Santos continue his trend with field goals, but has to be touchdowns in this one. Again, I mean a field goal or two that ends up in points, I'd rather have that than uh, no
1: points. But if we're sitting here kicking four, three or four field goals in this game, it's knowing the Spurs offense are not going to find their way into scoring position much more than that. Uh, so that's not going to bode well for the Bears uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, Nick, at least
0: Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo SmartBase from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at this is
1: Into now our game picks here for the week. Of course, at the end of the year, one of us is going to have to embarrass ourselves in some NFC North gear or now, like we said last week, maybe just Bears gear uh, and walk around Chicago. But uh, you're sitting at 8-4. I'm 7-5. I missed a good opportunity last week to earn a game back when uh, we both chose the Bears uh, to beat the Lions. So when you're looking at Bears-Texans,
2: where do you lean? Well, I have to go with the trend, and the Bears are on a six-game losing streak. Let's just add it to seven here and continue this, this losing streak for the Bears. But I think the Texans and Deshaun Watson just have too much offense for this Bears team to handle. Um, the defense hasn't stopped anybody. They've given up 30-plus points, 41 to the Packers, 34 to the Lions, and back-to-back weeks. They're not getting any better, and the pass rush is not going to find itself magically in this game against the Texans. So I have Houston winning 30-20, to 20. Um and look it's going to be the Bears are coming back in this game getting those garbage yards at the end and you know the score makes it seem a little bit closer but I think this is one where the Texans they they were they were supposed to win that game last week against Indianapolis. Deshaun Watson mishandled the snap. It was low you guys. It was low and he lost the ball. Indianapolis ends up winning. Like that's a guy such a competitor. Wants to win every game and you know he was sitting on the bench just looking down and I think, like I said, there's something to this game, and he may not admit to it, but he's going to come out and light up the Bears, so 30-20 to 20 Texans. Do I dare? I, I think I have to. This is the week,
1: man. Like, This is the week where I'm looking at the remaining games, and I don't know when I'm going to have another chance where – I feel like it's realistic, honestly. And I think this is the closest that the Bears will have. Because uh, I feel like when we go against Jacksonville, and again, we're, I'm projecting, but I feel like you'll allow you'll you'll pick the Bears for that one. And even though we're joking losing to Jacksonville, it's realistic. But I, I would feel less confident uh, in going that direction. And in my notes, I had the Bears winning. So I'll rip it off and I'll do it. We'll go for it. I have the Bears 24-21. Uh, in my notes underneath it, I put... Nick, no surprise here. You know it. It's real hard to lose seven games in a row. (laughs) So we'll see. Obviously, um, there are some serious challenges that Deshaun Watson is going to pose this defense. Uh, but, uh, if the bears can stop the run and they can sell out to really try to stop Watson, that can help us. And I do believe this is a defense that the bears offense can find success on. So I think it's a game that can go really either way. Uh, Since you went for one way, you went against the Bears, and I'm down by my game, and I don't want to lose this season. I feel like this is my best chance, Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and do it, and I'm going to give the Bears the the three-point victory here, 24-21. to I don't know how I feel about it, but uh, it's out there now, and I can't take it back.
2: Yeah, no, I will, like, just going through who has the edge, like, we had the Bears with, with three of them. So it's it's going, It's going. probably going to be closer than what I was, you know, predicting this score will be. Like, the Texans are not a good football team. They have a great quarterback, but collectively, they're not a good football team. They have a worse record than the Bears right now. That's how you could tell, and, you know, what happened in the beginning of the season really has put them in this position. But, hey, this is most likely going to be close. I, again, it's hard, Will. To lose seven, straight, I do like think the said, Texans so we'll are, are
1: better than their record, though. Um, in terms of how they're playing now, again, they won three of their last five. We've lost, true, all of our last six. They played Indianapolis <sighs> really well. They played, uh, they beat the Patriots, which are you know they're a six and six team. They're right there in the average zone too, but they're they're good enough to beat this Bears this Bears team. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I know that for certain. Uh, there's a lot of teams that uh, can definitely beat the Chicago Bears this season. The Texans are one of them, and uh again if the bears lose no surprise but uh, i gotta get a game back and uh, i feel like just looking at the rest of the schedule this is this is it this is uh it's now or never i can't believe i thought the bears can beat the saints um pity uh pity on me but nick uh how confident are you uh in this game since you have the bears losing obviously you're south of a five
2: yeah it's about a 4.4 4 for me um like i said what does sean how does sean watson is playing right now is top, top three, top five quarterback. Uh, I, I believe, in my opinion. So, uh, we've seen the Bears really struggle against some upper echelon quarterbacks, and just seeing what Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers were able to do, and even Kirk Cousins in the red zone, right? He was able to mm-hmm. get touchdowns against this this defense. So, I have to, you know, put it right there at a 4. 4.5 4. in terms of confidence for for the Bears game and. Yeah, it's it's Sean Watson, it's Sean Watson effect that really um, dictated how I went with prepping for this show. Really,
1: there you go. I mean, it's a it's a smart way to frame everything uh, for this upcoming matchup. I'm sitting there at about a five point three. Uh, again, even though we believe that the Bears are more talented, and most of the most of the aspects, the one element that they're they don't have is the quarterback uh, on both sides of the ball. Uh, so for me. Uh, It's going to come down to the Bears' inability or ability to stop Watson and also Trubisky's ability or inability to take advantage of a matchup that he should. And both of those things I have little uh, confidence in. Um, But at the end of the day, uh, as I put here and put forth, uh, I have to be confident enough, at least for the Bears, to to find a way to pull this one out. And probably doesn't help us at the end of the season in terms of draft capital, draft position, uh, draft stock. And, Uh, everything else that is starting to feel more important uh, than I ever wish it would here on uh, the 10th of uh, December, but it's real and it is something that we have to start looking at um, as well. But Nick, any final thoughts as we wrap up?
2: Yeah. Just seeing in the chat, apparently if I shave my beard, the bears will win. I got to go back to the Carolina game and see, did I have no beard that game? I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember the last time I clean, clean shaved, but I will go back and look. And if that's the case, I'll, i'll do a clean shave in here I, I don't like the way i look with it but if that's what it takes i'll do it Can you just take them- actually i don't know i kind of want everybody gone so maybe i'm just gonna let this just go all out Can you just bring the the mustache
1: down just like a little bit full-on bears <laughs> 100 convention this thing
2: i i could but i don't think anybody would actually you know what? Surprise! like my you know St- stephanie my girlfriend she's like that didn't look that bad i'm like Okay, now you just want me to make an ass of myself. That's what you basically want to do. Uh, but yeah, well, I'm gonna have to go look to see on that post game show and preview if I had no facial
1: hair. I'm interested in, um, as well, and uh, I think my facial hair doesn't matter uh, anymore. It's been hit or miss, <laughs> and I've, I I can count as many games with the beard that we've lost and probably have. Actually, uh, we did. I did. We did draft Roquan Smith with a clean with a clean shave before, so that's a that's a plus. I do remember that one. Um, so hmm, maybe there, maybe there is something uh, to it. Um, but I don't have anything else to add. I, I think we did a good job of breaking it all down, all three phases, and uh, discussing the highlights, the, the lowlights, and uh, everything in between. Uh, so I'll go ahead and we'll call this an episode. I want to thank everyone here who's watching live. I uh, really do appreciate each and every uh, one of you. I know previewing games, it's not one of the most fun things right now. Uh, I know it's time to really start looking at more big-picture Forward-thinking end-of-the-year items, but uh, the one thing at the Chicago Audible that I've always prided ourselves on is sticking it through throughout the season, uh, with game previews, with post-game shows, um, as well as uh, not going into full speculation mode, but being more of an analysis of what's really happening uh, in the world of our Chicago Bears. And I do believe that's what makes us special. So hang in us, hang in there with us as we kind of get through again three more weeks. And then it's the off season, and I'm sure it's going to be a flurry uh, as soon as we kind of get to uh, that portion of uh, 2021, and everything that's going to be changing uh, there on after for our Bears. We'll be back as soon um, as the final whistle blows on Sunday, unless I can finally talk Nick into maybe doing a live stream for this upcoming game. Maybe this will be a fun one. Wink. Uh, we'll talk about it. Um, but uh, no matter uh, when we come back, uh, just know uh, between now and then, I uh, hope that you have. Um, A good set of a a couple days here. Have a really good weekend uh, with you and yours. Be safe. And, of course, bear down, Chicago. Bear down!